The Veterans Report is sponsored by James Cannon. Welcome to the Veterans Report, the region's only show dedicated to those who have served our country. We have the latest news and information on resources available to veterans, including health care, education, employment tips, local volunteer organizations, and more. To those who have served, those who are serving, and to those who will, we salute you. And now, the host of the Veterans Report, Jim Cannon. And welcome back to the Veterans Report. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, real quick, we, uh, we're going to have some news and information at about the half-hour mark. We're going to cover Mary Jennings Hager, uh, her political ads, a former corrections officer gone bad, Army Reservist, and the new memorial design, the national memorial design for Native American veterans. And something that just popped up today, the nation's oldest veteran, Richard Overton, has become a victim of bank fraud, which is kind of a bummer. He's like 112 years old. Somebody cleaned out his bank account. There's a special place for people like that, and it's not up here with us. Uh, but turning things around, oh, we also want to let you know real quick, news and information that we cover on the show is on the website, theveteransreport.com. We are also active on Twitter and Instagram, and, well, also Facebook. So with every new advent in social media, we have to add something to the spiel. And we also want to say hello to our friends at WTF Nation Radio. Uh, hop on over there and enjoy some of their content and say hello. It's all interactive. Uh, but now we have with us our special guest, Army veteran, author, former hometown guy, and founder of publishing company Tactical 16, Eric Shaw. Eric, how you doing? How's it going, brother? It's going well. It's going well. So I understand you were busy today. Yeah, a little bit. It's a pretty typical Saturday. If I'm not chasing my kid around playing sports, I'm trying to play them myself. So ch- chasing that fountain of youth. That's how you stay young, right? And handsome. Yeah, that's what they, they keep saying. That's what I keep thinking. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you keep hoping they'll say. Yeah, man. Oh, brother. So uh, we, we had you on, oh man, what was it about? It was almost a year ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty close. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, so what's new? So, um, you've written a book, but you also have this publishing company, Tactical 16, uh, and you guys are doing, you're doing bang up business. I saw you doing sort of like a, a, a road show with some of your authors a couple months back. How did that go? That, that actually was pretty awesome. You know, with first events, you kind of just hold your breath and, and hope for the best and you have some sleepless nights and concerns about all that stuff and, I always worry about wasting, you know, my guy's time. I don't ever want to do that. So, you know, we just kind of kind of threw caution into the wind and went for it, and it, it actually turned out to be be pretty successful. Chris Schaefer, who's now our COO, uh, he kind of handles all the day-to-day stuff, set that whole thing up, and, and he just killed it, man. He knocked it out of the park ten times over. So it was pretty awesome. Oh, that's great. And I know you got in front of a bunch of military folk, right? Yeah, right. We uh, went down to Fort Bragg, which um, you know, for us to get a little bit more of a presence back out on the East Coast is a good thing. And, you know, uh, uh, AP's the shop at PX's, BX's, I don't know what the Navy calls NX's, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> They're, uh, you know, they, they finally have come around and, and want us to get involved and, and help them out, and, and they're helping us out in return. So, you know, them and the USO have been good to us this year. So uh, it's, it's been good, man. We're, we're on the right path. Oh, that's great, man! It's good to hear. Hey, so uh, talk about some of the um, talk about some of the books that you guys are out there uh, sort of putting on the main stage. Yeah, so we back in Pittsburgh, uh, we got Bob Dvorak 
who uh, AP guy, um, big with KDK and, and local media and stuff out there. Uh, we did his book about his time with the 82nd Airborne. That's kind of what opened up this whole opportunity uh, down at Fort Bragg for us. He went down last year and was honored for some stuff. And, you know, this year kind of opened the doors for the rest of us to come through. So a lot of the East Coast stuff we got going on, we, we have him to thank for it. And then we have Andy Oak down in uh, D.C. And, you know, his, his first lady series has had us on national news almost weekly for a while there. So it's good exposure, and, and, you know, we try to work as a team. So anytime one of us does, does some national stuff, it, it usually trickles down to the rest of us. So it's a, it's a pretty, pretty cool system we've set up over the years. Uh, that's good to hear. Because uh, I, know, I know how tough it can be to, to sort of get out there and get traction and, and get a spotlight. But you've been doing – and the sweet thing about the way you do it, Eric, and, and all of your authors is it's sort of a grassroots kind of organic thing. Yeah, yeah, and it had to be. I mean, the 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 upper end of this industry, they're they're not trying to play ball with with little guys like us. And when we knew that coming into it, it it's not the sexiest of industries, you know. If if somebody would have told me in high school I'd be running a publishing company, I, I'd have showed them my grades, and we'd all laugh together over that one, you know. So um, we we've kind of created our own niche and created our own formula for how to do this thing, and. Some stuff works better than others. That, that kind of comes with the territory of small business. But, you know, at the end of the day, we, we usually are able to make it happen for whoever we're trying to help. And that, that's all. That's what it's all about. Now, you you do have a niche, too, by the way. And, and folks who aren't familiar with sort of the tone and the flavor of the works under your umbrella, I, I encourage everybody to go to the tactical16.com website and check out the works there because you'll get a good you get a good feel for it. But um, so you do have a niche, but overall, where do you think publishing, book publishing, is headed? Uh, you know, honestly, it, it's a it's a volatile industry. I mean, it, it's not getting any cheaper to publish books. Uh, the the big box stores are kind of fading out. I mean, they, they've got resources to to stay alive. I don't know how viable long term that is. Uh, the future of this industry is going to be e readers. You know, I, as much as I know, some of the diehard people that want to hold books in their hands and the smell of books and, and all that stuff. I, I, I think the future of this industry is going to end up in e-readers with books probably being a special, you know, print type of thing. And, you know, it's kind of sad to, to see it go that way. But, you know, you look at some of the big box store businesses just all around the country, there's a lot less now than there was 10 years ago. And that's just kind of the way, the way it is, you know. Well, I mean, the other side of the coin, though, isn't it? Isn't it sort of a almost like a wild west with the with the electric side of things, the digital side? Yeah, it is. And you know, what I always tell people is, what separates us from them is my team. My team's unbelievable with our designers and formatters, and and our people care. That's kind of what what sets up you know our success so far. We firmly believe that profits should go to the author; they shouldn't be going to the publishing company. And that's what. You know, a lot of these other publishers are are nickel and diamond. Some of these authors, and you know, they're promising fame and fortune and all that stuff. And we don't ever promise that. I mean, I'm usually uh, <laughs> forthcoming with p- potential authors and let them know that you know the only people that might buy this book might be your mom. You know, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> if, if, if you're lucky to get that sale, so um, you know, it's 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 very cutthroat, and we try to be transparent and and kind of simplify things. No, and you you really are forthright, and uh, I think a lot of people appreciate that. It's refreshing 
right? It's, it's very refreshing because a lot of people in sort of the publishing side, PR side, the communication side, you know, they make a living by being fluffy, and you don't do it, man. You go right to it. So Yeah, and depending on who you talk to on my team, sometimes <laughs> they wish <laughs> I'd just tone it down a little bit. But, um, you know, it just is what it is. Sometimes you just got to get to the point, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. We have some. We have some uh, interesting meetings on the tactical sixteen side sometimes, and you know, usually I know if I probably cross the line because I'm getting the thousand mile stares from everybody at the table. So <laughs> I'm sure it's colorful discourse, Eric. It is. It is, and you know, I just kind of <laughs> say I'm sorry, and we move on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right way to do it. So That's it, man. Keep them happy. So you got the book side. You got the publishing side. Um, I know you. I know you're really into the softball thing. If you want to take like a minute and and touch on that, you got some stuff going on this summer, right? We do. Uh, so this celebrity softball thing kind of fell into my lap, you know, through one of our other authors, who I, I think you're going to get to meet here in a couple weeks. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to play in four four pretty high profile games now. You know, on the national side, and that's just been a blast. It's been cool exposure, and you kind of get to to meet some of these celebrities and stuff off camera, off screen, and in a more neutral environment. And the positive uh, experiences from that have been uh, overly positive. It's been a really cool experience. And, you know, when you get TK on the show, eventually I'll let him talk more about that. He's, he's pretty passionate about his celebrity all-star softball players. <laughs> oh, he's involved in that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, okay. He started it, man. We're, ah. TK put that whole thing together two, three years ago and kind of brought us along for the ride and, you know, he's just an awesome, awesome person. You're going to really enjoy talking to him. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'll get him on as soon as I possibly can. He's, he's the king awesome. of Texas, man. That's what I, I call him all the time. So he's like half king of Texas and a little bit of Jackie Moon from that movie Semi-Pro. So. <laughs> man, that's blowing some dust off. Yeah, man. So, um, and we got a couple of minutes because I know you, you got a lot of stuff going on today. But Yeah, yeah, we're good, man. We got time. Okay, cool. Then I'll, I'll slow down my cadence here a bit. Um, yeah, you got it. So, uh uh, where was I going? I threw myself off with Cadence. So you and I have, um, we, we briefly uh, went back and forth, and this will be of interest to everybody listening. We went back and forth on the whole notion of uh, really the topic of veterans charities, right? And there are thousands out there, thousands. And I know I've covered a bunch. Um, I know you've been you've been monitoring. I know everybody that is part of the quote-unquote veteran community uh, has their opinions on various groups. Um, but you came up with an interesting, I guess, approach or, or idea uh, to start almost like a formal. What, what what would be the word like a vetting process? I think we, those of us that can, you know, some some of us as veterans have found more success than others, and definitely those of those of us that have found success owe it to our other veterans that that need some help to kind of vet these nonprofits out. I stumbled. Upon Upon a, a stat, there's like thirty-five to forty thousand veteran nonprofits registered with the IRS, and you know you step you take a step back from that and look at that, and you're like, what what are the, what are we getting accomplished here? We're still having the same problems we had ten years ago, you know, just launching another nonprofit and recycling bad ideas isn't getting it done, and I I, I don't think the American public in general they just want to help, you know, the American public has a big heart and. They're just they're down for the cause to help, and if they link up with the wrong nonprofit, don't demand accountability of it. Some of these groups are just making money, and they're not providing anything. Uh, I'm seeing it more and more, 
you know, as we get more involved with, with what we're doing, I'm sure you're seeing it as well. And, you know, when you take a step back, you're like, what, what does that group actually do? And, you know, we just need to be smarter on that and find out what these groups are doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and part of the issue is there are so many, I think a lot of the groups, I think a lot of the veterans organizations that are registered or on paper out there, I really do think their heart is in the right place. But I think you touched on the, the problem is where's the money going and what is it, quote, fixing, right? Yeah. Uh, you have, and I'm going to pick on them for a minute, but I don't mean any disrespect. You might have 500 organizations out there that do, uh, you know, like companion dogs or therapy dogs. Yeah. For what? I mean, yeah. do, do we need that many? No, that, that therapy dog thing, that thing exploded. And, you know, my, my buddy in Ohio runs uh, Battle Buddy the Battle Buddy Foundation. He launched that thing in 2012. He's the whole reason I even believe that service dogs work. I mean, I, I've seen it with him. I, I know he, he started this thing from the ground up, and he he made it look really easy. You know, and, and that usually when somebody makes something look easy, you're going to have 10 others jump in there and try to make it look easy as well, and they don't, and they, they kind of convolute this, the, the product. And, you know, now vets are getting dogs that aren't even trained, at all, you know, and we're, they're providing nothing, and you know the the vet needs trained too, that, you know, and that's not happening. So that whole thing has turned into a mess. But that that's that's just like a small little bit of how the whole veteran service thing is. Somebody has a good idea, and ten more people come in and water it down and kind of drive it into the ground. It, it almost to me, and again, I don't mean any disrespect, but. It, to me, it has taken the same route that craft beers have taken. Like, at some point, craft beers jumped the shark. You know, oh, absolutely. People were putting all kinds of, you know, uh, hot pepper, mango, uh, tobacco-flavored, you know, lager. Well, that's that's where a lot of these groups are going now. You have, I mean, every conceivable combination of nature and technology, you know, allegedly helping these guys. Do, do you yep. think Do you think any of those actually help, or do you think it's just sort of a flavor of the month? Yeah, you know, it's probably a combo of both I've talked to guys that that need help and they don't even know where to turn because there's so many groups out there offering services. And, you know, when you start to get into the mental health thing, that, that's kind of what scares me the most is the mental health side of, of some of these nonprofits. And, and you're like, are you even qualified to be offering this assistance that you're saying that you're trying to offer? And you're messing with people's lives at that point and i i firmly think that's why the suicide crisis is is what it is now there's there's so much stuff out there nobody knows where to turn and who to trust so we've we've in a way canceled each other out i was going to touch on that or ask what what you think the biggest concern is when it comes to when it comes to vets i mean what what is it that that the veteran populace needs the most you know i'm not an expert in that field and, and at this point, it's just me on a soapbox. Sure. But the job, the job retraining, and just how to be a a citizen, a civilian in the United States. You know how to be prepared for the for your next career and and all that stuff. That that stuff goes a long way. And there's companies out there doing it, and I think they're making good progress on that stuff. Uh, do I think you need to launch another nonprofit to, to teach a soldier how to put a suit on? Probably not. I don't know how many resume writing organizations we need. I mean, if you don't have anything to put on the resume, do we really need all these organizations? You know, <laughs> we need we need we need the job training and stuff like that. You know, that changes everything. 
and then of course the mental health piece and and that's just a, that's a bear in itself and i don't know really what the answer is there other than us as veterans doing maybe doing a better job of listening and taking care of some of our friends we know we usually know you know what friends we have that are struggling a little bit and we probably should be paying closer attention to them I mean, we, we collectively, I say we as, again, as the veteran community, quote-unquote, we tend to ding the VA a lot um, because it's always the bad stories that make the news. But do you think the VA, do you think there's a possibility that they're going to be able to turn the ship around and, and sort of, you know, get on the right course and start doing what they're supposed to do? And, and if so, what part do we all play in that? I, you know, the VA has become a soft target for us as veterans. We we can only bag on them for so much, and they do bring a lot on on themselves. I mean, it's not a perfect; it's a government-run system, you know. At the end of the day, and those tend to not be the best. But um, you know, the when I go to the VA and I talk to these doctors and, and PAs and stuff like that, and they're openly telling me that yeah, you know, we have these services, and veterans don't show up to their appointments, and then they got to be dropped out of the system, and. Then they try to come back in, and, and then the next thing you know, that veteran that didn't do the right thing is now in front of the VA with a microphone and a TV camera in front of him talking about how he was mistreated. <laughs> you know, that's not, a, that's not how this is supposed to work. You know, we, we need to be, make, make sure we're doing our jobs as veterans and making our appointments and, and going from there. And, and, you know, knowing what's right for us and our bodies helps, too. You know, we, we shouldn't be saying yes to every pill they want to throw at us. So, so take some initiative like we did when we were in uniform. Absolutely. You know, and I have, and my, my experiences with the VA have been pretty positive, you know, for the most part. I, I can definitely see frustrations, but I've also seen some frustrations that were somewhat self-induced on just people not doing the right thing. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense because they're not going to go to your house and pick you up and put you in the car and feed you and drive you. I mean, they're not going to do it for you. So No, and they almost will. I mean, they do have... Uh services <laughs> you know well, that's true yeah you, get you to your appointments so and and guys are still not not necessarily doing the right thing on that front but i don't know if that part will will ever change no i hear you so uh we'll get off the va uh x here Is it back to your business because that's the important thing here that's that's what counts uh are you looking for any new work are you looking for any new authors we're always looking, you know, we, we, we've had probably 300-some submissions this year, and, you know, some better than others, and, and we make every attempt possible to at least reach out to an author that emails us, whether the project's something we want to pursue or it's just not good at all. You know, I want to make sure we have, we either, you know, move forward with this thing or provide some closure to the author, because every author that's ever sent us a submission has dumped his heart and soul, or her heart and soul, into into this project and the least we can do is give them a little bit of feedback and some encouragement on the thing depending you know either way that it's going to go so we we're that's an important thing that we try to do but yeah man we're always we're always looking and we're always getting submissions there's never never a dull moment on the tackle 16 side just ask chris you know he's I get him pulling his hair out sometimes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a lot of people are, are you know even if they have a, a manuscript sitting there they might be there might be some uh, trepidation because nobody's ever looked at it or it's you know it's so personal they don't want somebody to ding it. Um, what's your suggestion? Just jump. Just jump. You know, jump to us. I mean, we'll, we'll we're not gonna ever laugh somebody out of the room. You know, if we're we're all very professional and we understand. We've all 
everybody on our team for the most part has has written a book you know on our management side or helped with writing a book so they get it you know it's not just a bunch of people that have no publishing experience whatsoever and they're just working for a publishing company you know we've we've been around the block at this point we've been at this thing since 2012 so you know if we can at least provide some feedback and you know a lot of authors they take our feedback and do some amazing things and some other ones don't ever contact us again so it's just kind of kind of part of the game i will say you have an interesting mix um <laughs> in your stable it's what a wide range of ages and experiences and and stories it's it's pretty cool yeah and that was that was pretty much by design we we didn't want to just do the you know the the combat stories and and all that stuff and, and those stories are amazing but i we thought at certain points the american public was kind of getting tired of that and they wanted to see talent and, and there's there's a lot of veteran talent out there that can write so for us to be able to highlight some of them and get and get their stories out there and and still at the same time do some biography type stuff you know it's it's pretty cool cool thing to watch happen so we got a wide range of stuff coming out here soon with the new new authors that we've signed so stay tuned oh yeah yeah we have uh, some science fiction stuff and oh wow just some really deep like big brain type books but it'll be broken down so guys like me understand what's happening so <laughs> it'll be it'll be good man we're excited about this lineup we're putting together now oh that's awesome because because for people who don't know or haven't stopped by the website yet you have a couple of um i mentioned the good mix you have a couple of kids books in there too yeah we do and more on the way there we get a lot of a lot of requests for kids books and, and that's pretty cool those books are tough to do just because of the illustration side and the production side, they're kind of expensive, so that kind of scares people off. But, yeah, we got one, and uh, Julia Mackey has four, I think, by herself, and they're all amazing. So we're pretty proud of, of all those ones that we've done. Oh, that's fantastic. So last last sort of uh, topic here, the name of your company, Tactical 16, where did that come from? How would you come up with that? Um, well, when we launched the company, me and Jeremy, my business partner really didn't know what we totally wanted to do with this thing so we we had a wide range of options and the book thing kept kind of falling into our lap so we we decided to keep the name and go with the publishing side of that and you know when when we launched books don't just happen overnight so we (laughs) we like had nothing to do to promote the company so we started to get into firearms a little bit mess around there and just while the authors were working on their stuff. And then once we finally got a, enough books out and a, and a stable, we now we're just publishing heavy. But uh, we kept the tactical side from that. And the 16 is the, you know, kind of our tribute to 9-11. That's the 16 acres, you know, at the World Trade Center. So, Well, that's a good story. Yeah, man. It is. It is. All right, Eric, we're going to let you go, man. Um, yeah, brother. I, I know you got a lot of stuff going on. You're uh, you're a very important person out there, out west. Uh, well, let's not get too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, man. Hey, really, Eric, I appreciate you taking the time today to come on here, and uh, I'll encourage people to head over to your website, uh, send them, you know, send manuscripts if they have them, and just check out what's there. Absolutely, brother. We'll talk soon. I appreciate it. Founder of publishing company Tactical Sixteen, Eric Shaw. All right. Well, hey, we certainly appreciate Eric swinging by, uh, letting us know what's going on.
And uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we will come back with some news. If you want to keep up with the latest in veteran news away from the radio, stop by our website at www.theveteransreport.com. There you'll find news headlines along with links to media outlets around the world. You can also find links to every state's veteran services office. And for you film buffs, there's even a link to a war movie database. We appreciate you stopping by the Facebook page at facebook.com slash theveteransreport. There, like the website, you'll find the latest news and information related to veterans. For you high-speed individuals who want to limit yourself to 140 characters, stop by our Twitter account. It's a great way to find information on veteran organizations throughout the country and what they're up to. You can tweet us by using at the Vets Report. If you'd like to email the show directly, please send us your input, comments, or suggestions to editor at theveteransreport.com. Thanks again for checking out our pages. Thanks for listening, and thank you for supporting our veterans community. Welcome back. Hope you're still there. And if you're not, you're wrong. No, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, again, we can't thank Eric Shaw enough. Um, like I said, hometown guy out there uh, publishing books, helping out veterans really uh, sort of pursue their dreams of of, uh, of writing and you know being published authors. I mean, that's a big deal, right? You, you pour your heart and your soul into a, a manuscript or an idea. You want to see it in print. You want to see it professionally done. And you want to see people pick it up at a bookstore and go, oh, man, I'm going to check this out. Eric makes that happen. So if you're a vet, uh, you, you, let me take that back. You don't have to be a veteran. Um, but I will say if you are a vet and you've written a book and you're sitting there and you don't know what to do with it, uh, shoot it over to him. Like he said, he's going to give you honest feedback. Uh, they've all been there, done that. It doesn't matter what your story is. I'm sure they've seen it. Uh, and again, they're not going to laugh at you. They're all, you know, they've all, they've all done it. So, uh, but again, you don't have to be a vet. You can have something that's related to it. Um, you know, Bob Dvorak, Eric brought up Bob Dvorak. We had him on the show. Oh, geez. Six months ago. Uh, but Bob wrote a book about his time. He was a reporter attached to the 82nd and really cool story. I mean, they, they made him like an honorary member of the 82nd Airborne Division. And, you know, Bob, I, th- I think Bob served, but he was not in uniform at the time. Um, but he, he's working out as a reporter, but he was attached to the 82nd. And it's fascinating stuff. Great guy. Good storyteller. Uh, but Eric put out his book, too. He put out uh, Bob's book. So. Um, and again, there's some children's books there. So I know people might have ideas for, for kids' books for a different audience that somehow relate. Uh, I know a couple of the kids' books uh, that Tactical 16 puts out there, they published, have to do with uh, explaining, like explaining deployments and PTSD and reintegration to kids. And these are illustrated kids' books. So don't be afraid. I mean, I get it. I, I get the apprehension. I get it. Um, years ago I did some freelance writing and the first time I started sending out these query letters, I mean, this is back in the day, right? Uh, it, it rattled my cage cause right off the bat, I got like 20 rejections. No, thanks. No, thanks. No, thanks. No, thanks. And they're really real terse two line letters. No, thanks. No, thanks. You stink. This is awful. No, thanks. No, thanks. And then you get that one that says, uh, yeah, give me a call. Let's talk about it. Um, you know, it's validation that you you have a good idea and that you, you know what you're doing. So Anyway, I'll get off that soapbox, but Eric is a great guy, 
uh, as you heard during the interview. And he just, he, he wants to do the right thing by people. And um, so hit him up and stop by their website, tactical16.com. So I mentioned some, oh, I mentioned some news. Oh, oh, no, wait, let me touch on, where's the story? I have the story. I have it. I have it. I have it. This just happened uh, as I was walking in. I pulled this thing up. Uh, Oh, so the nation's oldest veteran, Richard Overton. Uh, We're going to play this game. Now it's not scrolling. Anyway, uh, Richard Overton is 100 and... Is he 112? 112 years old. And his, I think it was his nephew or his cousin who manages his finances, went in. Yeah, Richard Overton of Austin, Texas, 112 years old, was the victim of, oh, I said bank fraud, identity theft in a plot that left his bank account with nothing. The thief or thieves reportedly used the account to purchase savings bonds with Treasury Direct. Volma Overton Jr. is uh, Richard's cousin. And uh, he said he discovered the discrepancy when he went to put money into Overton's personal account and learned the balance equaled only the amount he had just deposited. So apparently somebody accessed uh, Overton's social security number and checking account number and drained it. Now, the bank is working with, which, I mean, that's horrible to happen to anybody, right? This guy's 112, though. <laughs> you know, like, if you're 30, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is Maybe it is better that he's that old. I, I don't know. Um, boy, I got to mull that one over. Anyway, so they're working with the bank to try to figure out who did it and whether or not they can get any of the money back. But there is, the bright side of this whole story is, uh, this incident did not affect a GoFundMe account page that the family had created in 2016 to provide around-the-clock care for Overton so that he can live at home. And that, the account, that account has a balance of over $300,000. So, but I, you know what? At-home at care, three hundred grand. Uh, that seems like a lot of money, but at-home care is pretty expensive. So... Um, Anyway, I hope they find the losers who decided to drain the bank account of a 112-year-old man. It's kind of odd, though, isn't it? They bought savings bonds. Uh, I don't. I mean, they, I don't know. Do they realize that once they go to cash them in, somebody's going to be able to track it? I, I whatever. <laughs> it's like the sometimes the gene pool gets some uh, gets some of that red tide over the top of it, and uh, all of the molecules in the cells uh, they can't really breathe, and then you end up with people like that. So, uh, so the other story: former correction officer and army reservist avoids prison for stealing from state. That was the headline. This is a uh, this is a special guy. This is really special. A former state correction officer who also served (laughs) as a lieutenant colonel in the Army Reserve has avoided a prison sentence on a charge of stealing $5,000 from the state. What state? Oh, Indiana. Dennis Dockery of Bloomfield initially faced charges of first-degree larceny from a public community and... What? For public... 
forgery. What? That doesn't make any sense. This is not written well. Um, from a public community and forgery. But pleaded no contest in April to second-degree larceny as part of a plea agreement. I'm stumbling through this because these are not my words. I, I cut and paste this news story. <clears throat> he was sentenced Thursday to a five-year suspended prison sentence and five years of probation. Uh, so he was called to active duty. And because he was called, he was a corrections officer. He was called to active duty. He was, because he was activated, he was entitled to a portion of his state salary while serving with the army on deployments to Iraq, Afghanistan, and even during Desert Storm. On his final deployment to Iraq, which started in 2009, he was the commanding officer of the New Haven-based 395th Combat Sustainment Support Battalion. <laughs> in April of 2010, Dockery went to Hamden. Oh, this is this is where the story gets good. Uh, Dockery went to Hamden to meet a woman with whom he developed an online relationship, because those always go well. Dockery, who was, wait for it, wait for it, married at the time, assaulted the woman and engaged in rough sex with her prosecutor. Prosecutor. He's the prosecutor. Prosecutor Marsha. Man, I'm on fire today. Marsha Pillsbury told Hartford Superior Court Judge Omar Williams. The names are superfluous and don't matter. After Dockery left, the woman called Hamden police who charged Dockery with assault, disorderly conduct, and second-degree strangulation. You guys putting this all together? Because he was still on active duty, Army authorities took over the case. After an investigation, the Army charged Dockery with rape of an adult by force. The Army also uncovered evidence that Dockery had multiple sexual relationships with enlisted women who were his subordinates in Iraq. <laughs> the defendant required these women to have relations with him in order to avoid the most dangerous assignments in Iraq, Pillsbury told the judge. So this guy was court-martialed, he pleaded guilty, he was sentenced to 17 months at Fort Leavenworth. But he failed to report his arrest, conviction, and prison sentence to the State Department of Corrections, as required by regulation. Uh, so anyway, long story, I'm going to fast forward instead of reading this whole thing. He basically went back to work and started collecting money, um, completed his sentence, went back to work, as a correction officer, and uh, somebody dropped the dime on him that, hey, by the way, um, this guy was arrested. He, he basically violated this this regulation that he had to disclose um, his his conviction in his prison time. And meanwhile, uh, da, 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 where are we? Where are we? He was still collecting a salary, so that's what they they popped him on that. Uh, Keith, who is Keith? Why is see this is what happens when you scroll through stories? Oh, Dockery's defense attorney. Uh, he basically pleaded with the judge that you know Dockery had served so many years in the Army Reserve and had all these deployments and had medals and commendations, um, but they got a, they ended up getting a plea agreement. And this is based on the larceny thing, right? Not all the other stuff that he already served time for. Anyway, this guy ended up getting probation. Ugh. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> but he will uh he has lost his sixty thousand dollar annual pension from the army, 
which he would have begun to receive at age 51. Now, he's 54 years old, right? Or 61. He's 54. And he faces the loss of his state pension estimated at 48000 a year. So this guy's going to lose hundred grand a year in pension because he wanted to cover up his, his misdeeds. It just it never ends. It never ends with the, the stupidity of some people out there. Uh, I don't know. Uh, where was the other... What about the da, 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 the oh the memorial? So I don't know if you saw this. The um, there is a new design for the National Native American Veterans Memorial that's going to go in the National Mall. Because man, that you know that place is going <laughs> to. I don't know how many more memorials can go in there, but. Um, Actually, this design looks pretty cool. It's, uh, I think, let me see here. Oh, it's on the website. It's on the veteransreport.com website. You can grab a picture of that or just Google it. Uh, Harvey Pratt is the guy's name. He He's the guy who designed this. And cool story. Uh, where are we here? Harvey Pratt is actually a Native American of Cheyenne. No, wait. Pratt. Yeah. He's uh Cheyenne and Arapaho. And he is the one that was his his design was selected by the Smithsonian's National Native American Veterans Memorial uh committee. And so this guy's a self taught artist, just does his own thing. Oh, PS, he's a Vietnam vet. He's a jarhead. I good for him. It's, it really is, though. I encourage you to go find the, the picture of it because it's really, uh, it's a neat design. It's obviously something, you know, it's something that you would see out west, New Mexico, Arizona. Um, you know, it incorporates sort of the, the uh, like the sandstone look to it and the colors, and it, it sort of blends in to the land. It's really cool, though. So they also have a, uh, that they have a Twitter site, so maybe drop by and, and give them some love on that thing. So for all of you Native Americans, you're going to have your own, all you Native American vets, you're going to have your own memorial in D.C. Uh, there are currently more than 25 Native American veteran memorials located throughout the United States. Groundbreaking for this one, the national one, is slated for September 21st, 2019. And the dedication of the National Native American Veterans Memorial is scheduled for Veterans Day 2020. So they're going to be flying on that thing. It's a big piece too. I don't, I don't know if they're going to get that done in a year, but uh, no, it's a, it's a neat looking piece. Check it out on the website. Oh, and I don't know if you heard this week about the, I'm sure you have um, the folks at WTF nation radio covered this. And I know it was a it, it was you know a big news item for four hours until there was something else uh, in the country that took precedence you know because not a big deal when a veteran decides to protest by setting himself on fire outside of VA right yeah no biggie let's let's talk about other stuff let's talk about you know border walls and uh, North Korea well, I guess North Korea is kind of a big deal but um, ah an Air Force veteran disgruntled with the Federal Department of Veterans Affairs. 
was severely burned Tuesday after he set himself on fire outside the Georgia Capitol in Atlanta, according to reports. Police responded quickly to the chaotic scene shortly after 10.30 a.m. Authorities said the man who was injured and has not been identified was, well, he has since been identified, was protesting his treatment by the VA. Uh, The quote from Commissioner McDonough of the Georgia Department of Public Safety, it looks like a veteran that was disgruntled with the VA did a personal protest in front of the Capitol, which involved gasoline and some fireworks. He said that uh, this veteran is 58 years old and from an Atlanta suburb. He strapped him. He he was strapped with homemade incendiary devices, firecrackers, and doused himself with some kind of flammable liquid. And he was burned over 85 to 90 percent of his body. Ugh. So there was a news conference uh, down the street by law enforcement regarding the new Georgia hands-free law. And they were standing there at the mics, and they were, you know, they were doing a news conference, right? They had all the media there, a bunch of law enforcement standing outside, and they heard this, they heard um, a couple of explosions, and this was right down the street. And so, so they all ran down there to check out what was going on, and here was this guy on fire. So one of the troopers ran up and um, put him out with a fire extinguisher. Uh, I, look, in a case like, and I, I have gone after the VA on many occasions. Um, and I know, as Eric said, you know, the VA, I like his, I like his words on this. The VA has become a soft target for, for veterans, right? It's really easy to point the finger. It's really easy to stick your finger in their chest and, and, you know, accuse them of everything under the sun. In this particular case, I, I don't know what the guy was, I don't know what his complaint was. Okay. He was quote unhappy with the care, right? Cause he was, you know, mistreated by the VA. Well, I mean, that's kind of a subjective thing, isn't it? Our first inclination as vets is to nod our head and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he was. Mm. I just ask everybody to kind of take a step back, take a breath, and think this one through. We don't know what his experience was, right? And to to strap fireworks or incendiary devices to your body and then gasoline or kerosene, and then light yourself, there is clearly something there that uh, is not the VA's fault. And there is clearly something there that's not law enforcement's fault. You know what I'm saying? Seems to me this guy might have had some other issues. And while he might have been seeking help for that or treatment from the VA, and maybe they dropped the ball there, uh, I don't, I can't, I per, this is my personal take on it. I'm not going to ding the VA on this one. i I mean, if you're if you're being mistreated, there are a number of routes to follow. If you need to get it addressed, if you want to see it addressed, um, and especially now with the new whistleblower laws, I mean, if you find somebody sympathetic within the VA, they can they can run it up the chain from within. Uh, I, I, look, I'm not. Don't take this the wrong way. I'm not defending. I, well, this is this is kind of a offense issue, isn't it? I am defending the VA. I am. This guy had some problems. You're going to light yourself on fire using fireworks on a public street? Uh, that's not that's not on the VA. I'll leave it there. <clears throat> so I don't know if you saw uh, earlier this week, President Trump presented a Medal of Honor to a World War II veteran. Uh, the wi- I'm sorry, a widow 
of a World War II veteran. The guy's name was Garland Merle Connor. Um, you know, it, it was like uh, his his citation reads like something out of a movie. He, you know, he went forward and was directing fire. He's directing artillery, and he was, you know, um, he was calling danger close, and the stuff was hitting. Um, and I think it. I think the number was 600. 600 Germans were advancing on his position. If I, I'm doing this from memory because I don't have the details. But um, there was this massive German rush that was coming toward him. And they said at one point, German troops were within five yards of this guy's position, of Connor's position. And he was still calling in fire, directing fire. Uh, and then, you know, and then it goes on and on and on. But he ended up, it killed scores, scores of Germans. Just just him calling in fire and being out there by himself. I didn't know this, though. So uh, I did some digging. Uh, Connor, the Medal of Honor, makes Connor the second most decorated soldier of World War II, according to the Army, surpassed only by Audie Murphy. How's that for crazy? I I had never heard of this guy. And uh, he got the Medal of Honor because he initially got the... Oh, man, what was it? Ah, I'm spacing it language-wise. What, what, anyway, they upgraded it to the Medal of Honor. Um, second... I didn't know that. Second most decorated soldier of World War II. That's pretty cool. So, and his uh, his widow was a you know seemed like a nice lady. She was very grateful, very appreciative. So, and then oh, so one other thing. Well, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I am tracking a couple of issues. One, and I don't want to get too far ahead here, right? So one of them is the burn pit issue. You've all heard about the burn pits, right? There's a big lawsuit going on, and then the appeals court. Went there and then went to another appeals court and then knocked it. They knocked it back. So the appeals, the latest thing is the appeals court basically said, and I think it was the fourth, fourth district, fourth circuit. I don't know, whatever. Uh, the appeals court, the fourth something. It's, I don't know. Uh, they said that the lawsuit could not proceed. Right, and the lawsuit was basically it was all these individual suits from around the nation where people were they're they're alleging that their health was affected adversely by being near the burn pits overseas uh, everything from respiratory issues to to um to death i mean you know there are a couple of people who've died who whose survivors uh, claim that it was directly related to the burn pit uh the burn pit issue so they took all these suits from around the nation they consolidated them and there's an attorney named susan burke who was the one running this stuff down she's she's spearheading all this out of her firm and uh, so I got in touch with Susan and uh, we went back and forth. And this was this was a while back. And then when the appeals court gave their latest ruling, whatever it was, a week and a half ago, I think, two weeks ago, uh, I got back in touch with her and she said, hey, you know, we're working we're working on our next step. Uh, we'll be back in touch. So I'm hoping to get her at least on the phone for a couple of minutes and walk through what's going on. And, you know, I did ask her very point. I, well, uh, cart before the horse, right? But um, I suggested, I should say that, th- that vets would be at the ready if there were some call to action, i.e. contacting legislators or, I don't know. A lot of you have relationships with your representatives. 
uh, for various reasons, whether it's through a veterans organization, whether it's through a, a civic organization like the Lions Club or a Chamber of Commerce. A lot of you have relationships with your representatives, your, your uh, congressional reps. So um, just putting that on the radar right now, because if, if action needs to be taken, I, do, I don't advocate political stuff. Uh, on this show, I really don't. Um, I have my opinions, but I don't advocate for taking any kind of action. But I think this is one where it makes sense to to sort of put together a game plan, if you will. So if Susan, uh, if Ms. Berg decides to come on the show at some point, or if she can, or just relays some information to me, I will pass it along. But I I just want to put that on everybody's table think about it if you don't want to get involved don't understood but this burn pit thing definitely a sensitive issue i mean you can open pandora's box if this goes to the supreme court which i think is the only step it's the only remedy available if they rule that this suit can go forward and these all these individuals can sue kbr for basically executing uh their contract with the military then where does that lead, right? But the other side of it is you've got all these people in limbo who have these health issues. What are they supposed to do, right? So I I think there was, as I recall, there was also legislation recently introduced to do something to remedy that uh, apart and aside from this lawsuit, meaning the legislation would provide some kind of some kind of funding, some kind of assistance to all the people who are suffering, who have health problems. But, you know, you've seen how how the morass that is the United States Capitol moves, right? You've seen the, the pace at which it goes when there's a bill in front of them. So, again, I'm not, I'm not advocating yet, but there may or may not be a call to action uh, to address this. And, and, frankly, I'm done. I'm done relying on people— at the national level. And I'm not, that's not to be critical. I don't mean that to sound critical, but the bigger groups like the legions and the VFW, uh, I'm not, I'm as an individual, I'm not going to rely on those folks to tackle a problem that affects me directly. They, and that's really not their mandate, right? They work on the, the big picture stuff, but they all have an agenda and they all chase that agenda and I'm not going to rely on them. I'm, I'm going to do my own thing and, and try to try to work the system you know, from the other side. So just something to keep in mind. That's all. So as I said, I will try to get uh, Susan on the air at some point and we'll get an update on what's going on. Like I said, I think she's going to, I mean, they have to put together their next step, which like I said, I think is the Supreme Court. And that, that takes a little bit of, takes a little bit of prep work. You don't just roll in there and say, hey, what's up? I mean, you got to kind of have your stuff together before you show up there. Um so anyway, uh, so the poll, the latest poll. Oh, and I have another issue I'm tackling, <laughs> and I don't know if uh, I don't know if our, our good friend Minx from WTF Nation Radio is listening. She kind of helped me out with this the other day. gave me some uh, gave me some good information. Um, has to do with uh, da, 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 how do I put this? Well, it has to do w- with the new policy that provides opportunities, if you will, for women in combat arms roles in the military. What precipitated me going down the rabbit hole? Well, 
primarily, is a story that came out recently about a female ranger candidate, right? Let that sink in for you old school guys. A female ranger school candidate turned up pregnant at the school. Um, The first report was she had gotten pregnant while at school, but the revised report says that she was pregnant before she showed up, which is probably something you, you tell the instructors, I don't know, the minute you get off the bus, hey, by the way, um, before I go climbing that obstacle and jumping in that swamp, uh, I've got a passenger on board. You know, you might want to uh, just share it, you know, just share it. So, but that's, that kind of, that sent me down this path. And I was on this path two years ago, year and a half ago, and couldn't get anywhere, couldn't get any answers, had all kinds of doors thrown on my face. And so I'm back on it. But, um, so I'm tapping into all of the resources I have at my disposal and trying to get, basically trying to build, a, you know, an informed opinion, if you will. I mean, I always think I'm right, but uh, <laughs> it helps to hear some other voices. So I'm tackling that one. Uh, more will be forthcoming. There's a certain, uh, I don't know what you'd call her, advocate, hardcore advocate for for women in the military. Uh, and we've been going back and forth, and she has been, oh, less than congenial. <laughs> so that kind of motivates me. Anyway, when I have something more, I will let you know. I mean, it, clearly, it, it's not about, this isn't about reversing the policy. That's not That's not my thing. I just want to make sure that a policy that goes into place with our military, because it is our military, those of us who served and those of us who have not served, it is our military in this country. It belongs to all of us. I want to make sure that if there is a policy being pushed on the military, there are resources devoted to that policy, and there is a mindset being built around that policy, i.e. multiple PowerPoints and online classes and sensitivity training, right, all of that stuff. I want to make darn sure that there's a value attached to it, not a social value, not an emotional value, but a military strategic value. So that's where I'm going with this. This is not, uh, you know, this is not, I'm not going to die on this hill, but it it is something that I want to get an answer to. Uh, And to let you know, I also um, contacted DOD about this. So we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. I'm I'm sure I'm going to end up on some, uh, on yet another list. I'm sure I'm on a bunch right now, but I will end up on yet another uh, crazy guy list, which is fine. Some of my best friends are there. So last week, so last week, man, man, I feel like I'm in a time warp. Uh, yeah, it was last week. We had our guest, Carl Higby. Uh, <clears throat> Carl's a, an author. He's written a couple of books, former Navy SEAL, and he was also on Team Trump in D.C. for, for a good bit. Uh, Carl and a compadre of his have sort of put their heads together, and, and Carl had sent out, um, or he'd done an interview, I'm sorry, he done an interview a couple weeks back where he proposed that the GI Bill be modified. Be, geez, I can't read. Be modified to provide, in lieu of educational benefits, a fifty thousand dollar grant for veterans to start a small business. Or you know, fifty thousand, eighty thousand, whatever, arbitrary number. So uh, the GI Bill could be used in lieu of education 
to get a business up and running. So the poll asked, do you agree? 97% of you said it was an awesome idea. 3% of you need to eat a Snickers bar because you said, nope, leave it as is. So so there you go. But uh, another poll will be up, um, I don't know, probably by, by Monday morning. Topic has yet to be decided. So with that, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up until next time. Um, again, we thank our guest, Eric Shaw, for, for jumping in. Uh, Eric's a good guy. He's got a lot going on. And, and, again, if you have an idea or a manuscript, shoot it out to Eric, and his team will review it. Uh, so please tune in next week. In the meantime, if you want to catch up on all the news and information that we covered here, go to theveteransreport.com website. Until next time, I am your host, Jim Cannon. You've been listening to The Veterans Report. Let others know about the show. You can find us online at theveteransreport.com. If you'd like to contact us, send an email to editor at theveteransreport.com. Join us again at the same time for up-to-date veterans news and information. The Veterans Report. Thank you for your service and carry on. The Veterans Report has been sponsored by James Cannon.